And now, enjoy this free JZO Modcast show. Hey there, this is Ralph Garman, and you are listening to the World of Mythbits. You made an excellent choice. G'day from SA. This is Tim here with episode 211 of the World of Mythbits. And if it's feeling, oh, sorry, if it's sounding a bit weird, that's because I'm actually sitting in my car presently outside work uh, in the middle of a very busy undercover car park. So hopefully, Dave, it's coming through loud and clear. Uh, and with any luck, there's uh, there's no issues like that time when um, my brother-in-law and I did uh, the board game one. Uh, and there was all of that background noise, and it was all really, really weird. So with any luck, this just sounds like a really cool studio, which uh, I can assure you it's not. Um, the theme for episode 211, uh, I have to say, I recently uh, took my family on a uh, on an outing. The, uh, the two girls usually will uh will join me on the podcast uh, so we uh we headed out my wife and uh and the girls we left uh left my son behind and we headed for our local botanic gardens in adelaide in the capital city of south australia and they had a very very cool augmented augmented reality projects or um like a, there were different stations that you could go around. So the beautiful gardens, like a great excuse to actually venture out into the great outdoors, get the kids off the screens, get mum and dad off the screens, and actually spend some time in nature and seeing some uh, beautiful parklands, some fascinating flowers that um, that we've never seen before. Um, yeah, it was just a, a great excuse to sort of get to somewhere in Adelaide and in South Australia, in our own backyard, basically, where we've never, ever been before. Uh, and the location of the Botanic Gardens, um, North Terrace, that's like the main stretch, the main thoroughfare uh, of the Adelaide Central Business District. It's like, the, as it says, the North North Terrace being the north northmost point of that sort of area. Um, and the uh, botanical gardens, like the, the official gate for the botanical gardens is there, but then also around the back of the botanical gardens uh, is a beautiful parkland, which we're very familiar with, which um, cohabits with the Adelaide Zoo. Uh, and there's been many, many occasions where we've taken the family to the Adelaide Zoo, and then you've need to, before you come into the zoo, need to duck off to the loos or that sort of thing. And there's some great facilities in the uh, botanical gardens. So I've seen like the very back, back area of the botanical gardens. Um, so knew, were familiar, understood um, where they were located, but hadn't actually explored 
the gardens themselves ever. I know the, the kids may have gone down and sort of had a bit of a look um, as part of um, like school trips and um, and that sort of thing, but never have my wife and I actually uh, gone down and, and visited the Botanic Gardens. Um, haven't really had the, the need or the excuse or that sort of thing. Um, yeah, it was fun. It was a great, great fun day. Um, before I go too far into uh, talking about our adventure and uh, and how much fun it was and um, the um, the use of augmented reality in uh, these types of settings and uh, and that sort of thing, I might first of all just quickly touch base on the housekeeping for episode two hundred and eleven. A uh, couple of messages from uh, from Looper from our CEO that I'll just quickly find for you. Here we go. So, uh, there was the plans to have the um, the first live author event online for Dark Myth Publishing uh, with. Um, with Walter Esselman, I believe it was. Um, so according to Steph, the um, the event unfortunately didn't end up going ahead due to technical difficulties, but hopefully that's something that they're looking at resolving, uh, looking at making that um, opportunity actually happen. I think it'll be really cool, very exciting opportunity to, uh, to meet and greet uh, and have an author event um, that you can attend regardless of where you are in the world. And I think that's the wonder of one of the wonders of technology: the fact that we're uh, we're more connected over a vast distance than ever before. That's very very exciting. Something else that's super duper exciting: uh, Steph has informed me that two of the uh, comics from Dark Myth publishing will be in comic cult comic bookstore in hesperia where is hesperia i i assume hesperia is somewhere in uh north america but i wouldn't know for sure uh, i'm sure those of you who are residents of um the great united states of america I'm sure that you are well aware of the location of Hesperia. And if you are um, a huge fan of, uh, of comics and graphic novels, I'm sure that you are well aware of the bricks and mortar store of uh, Comic Cult Comic as well. So that's super duper exciting. It's great. Uh, very cool for an independent publisher to... Uh, to be able to work with a um, a bricks and mortar store, to be able to get physical products on the shelf for people to buy, that's um, yeah a very very uh, a massive achievement. And so congratulations to uh, to Steph, Dave, Walt, anyone and everyone who was involved. I think it's very very cool. Big pat on the back. And then um, the last thing that. 
uh, that Steph Scott mentioned here for me to mention uh, is the fact that the fifth annual uh, Open Contracts Challenge starts next month. Um, so we are currently in February, 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 um, the month that starts with F. And I thought it was April when that kicks off, but maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it is March. Maybe it's April when things sort of start to um, to get hot and heavy uh, and interesting. Um, but yes, so keep an eye out for um, those of us that want to enter. Uh, super, super excited about this opportunity. Uh, and also the new judge is a librarian, which is kind of cool. Um, and also the fact that it is the fifth year uh my brain stretches and my i cast my mind back and i believe there's some special stuff happening something about insurances as well um i assume that's like submission insurances or story insurances i'm very keen to discover what all this could potentially mean uh so yeah super super duper excited about the open contracts challenge fingers are crossed uh and also on the extension of that the um the winner cliff flints um of the um 2022 open contracts challenge um his book promised rewards is coming out this month so I don't know if this month means Feb or if this month means March. I assume it's February. Um, yeah. So keep an eye out for that on um, on Mythmark. Super, super exciting. Lots going on. Uh, there's, yeah, some great titles that are coming up, coming out from Dark Myth Publishing. Um, can't wait. Uh, including uh, a couple of mine as well, which I'm uh, I'm very very thrilled about. So that's all we've got on for housekeeping. Um, so then, onto the theme, onto the theme of um, augmented reality, uh, and yeah, the um, cool different things that are happening in the uh, the art field and that sort of thing. Um, I have to say that last year sometime, I reckon it was, in the, the height of COVID, in some of the most difficult times, um, our local gallery at Murray Bridge actually managed to get an exhibition called Terminus, which was all virtual reality headsets and um, the artist created like a uh, a looping um a like a, a visual thing that you could look around a world um and you could move towards objects and strange like you'd have pathways made of people but they weren't exactly people um there were tunnels full of eyes and weird patterns going on and that sort of thing that was kind of cool i really really enjoyed that that was a great use of um 
of virtual reality uh, and combined with art um, and like zany crazy art as well. So I um, really, really love that. That was um, that was super cool and a real special moment to have to have it to host it here at Murray Bridge. I mean, we're not a capital city. We're not um, not a huge community. We've got probably about twenty twenty five thousand people, maybe. If you stretch like beyond Murray Bridge as its centre, and then you've got little country towns like Mypalonga and Jervois and Wellington and that sort of thing. Um, so that was very interest, uh, very interesting, very thrilling for me, um, and I'm sure for the gallery director as well to be able to snag something like Terminus. Um, and then even way before that, um, in a park in Adelaide, one year, my, one of my kids was having a birthday and we were down in Adelaide for something. And my wife had stumbled across a, a website promoting this augmented reality. Um, you had just downloaded the app to your smartphone. You went to the playground and then you, um, you sort of clicked on the app and it activated this adventure session where you could see fairies sliding down the slide or you could see dinosaurs stomping out of the um, the trees or that sort of thing and they would chase after you and they would interact with you um, I was aware of augmented reality uh, but that was sort of my first experience with it um, so of course I I have that recollection that strong recollection my wife does um as well sort of has that vague memory of yes we did something and it was weird and it was fun um but this one here my um my two kids my girls are now well one's almost 16 and one's nearly a teenager can i have three teenagers in the house but anyway, I think that taking the girls down to uh, to Adelaide the other weekend and actually taking the opportunity to to do this augmented reality um, thing, I suppose, was a great idea. And I think it's going to actually sit in their minds that when augmented reality becomes more popular um, in more everyday usage, uh, they're not going to be unsure about it. They're not going to be afraid of it. They're like, oh, yeah, that's like what we did with the garden, um, that sort of thing. Yeah. No, that's cool. Um, yeah, so the... Um, the whole concept of augmented reality. Um, yeah, basically we just downloaded the app to, um, to our phones and they recommended using a tablet. 
And I reckon we, sh we probably should have used a tablet, but none of our tablets that we've got at home actually have their own data. They all use the Wi-Fi at home. And I didn't know whether um, the Botanic Gardens would have its own Wi-Fi that, uh, that we could sort of log into uh, and use while we were going around to the different stations. And so, not great with directions, but thankfully the map that we we had, um, that we, we grabbed when we walked through the gates of, uh, of the Botanic Gardens, um, thankfully I could sort of twist it around and I could sort of work out general directions and that sort of thing. So we didn't get lost once, which I'm very happy to say. We may have sort of veered from the path a couple of times, but we certainly did not get lost, which was great, which was good. Big tick. We walked past, we walked through um, like an atrium, I suppose, like a massive um, a indoor, um, almost like look, uh, almost like a velodrome. It was, yeah, it was a, a huge glass structure um, with ramps and sprinklers and, and all sorts. We got a little bit wet, but that was all part of the fun. And then when we got to the other side and we found a, what I thought marked on the map was a fountain, and then it was like an, uh, an artistic water slash glass display was kind of cool. That sort of caught, caught our eye for a, a minute or two. And then we worked out the direction we needed to go. And I knew that there were 13 just uh, augmented reality um, interaction points. And um, when we were walking past along the path towards the visitor information center for the Botanic Gardens, we passed points 12 and 13. They were like clearly signposted. Um, and we thought, okay, cool. So we're, we're on the right track. We can sort of see what we, what we need to see, but we were basically at the end and we wanted to start at the start. So what we did, went to the visitor information center. Um, I wandered in and I said, I bet you I've got the same question that everybody else has got. And the lovely lady at the counter said, do you also want to know where the toilets are? And I'm like, mm, no. She said, well, that's great. That means that you've got a different question to everyone else, which was kind of cool. It was a good place to kick off. She was wonderful enough to uh, very quickly give me the map and point me in the direction of where the, um, the whole tour started off. And um, yeah, together as a family, we sort of went from point to point to point. We couldn't get all of them to work, unfortunately. And the way that the satellite works to tell us where we are on the map, and then what you had to do is you had to match a point on the map with your dot, your figure, and then that sort of interacted, that made your phone change in the app to a point where you could start the installation. You could actually start interacting with the artwork. Um, 
Yeah, it was great. And we could see a lot of different people with their phones out, with their tablets out. Um, you sort of, you got the gist of where the next artwork point was that you had to go to uh, because of the number of people that were around, the number of people that were sort of interacting and uh, and doing the same sort of stuff that you were and looking rather silly doing it. But then you'd go ahead, you'd step up and you'd basically act exactly the same way. Um, and it was cool. It was uh, a very cool international art gallery, basically. It had artworks, interactive artworks from people from all over the world. There was somebody from Japan. There was somebody from Israel. There was somebody from Australia. There was somebody from um, Sweden, I think. The ah, oh, the all all over the world, um, and they were all different. They were all unique, but they all kind of related where they could to a particular plant type, or they utilised the fact that it was a wide open area surrounded by trees or that sort of thing um the one that really thrilled us and shocked us the most there's a great cacti garden with a multitude multitude of different styles of cacti um and the artwork there was serpent based like the they had a the artist had created a digital version of a dead cacti plant and then it had the grayness and the patterning turn into some sort of a serpent that would actually run along the dead cacti plant in like an eerie sort of way uh, and then there was a massive eyeball or maybe two massive eyeballs that were somehow connected to the serpent. Um, just trying to remember. But yeah, it was a very, very interesting um, artwork. And you could, you could make the snake move, I think, as you shifted your phone. Uh, the other one that my girls liked was the... Um, Japanese one was uh, like a giant figure of, I guess it was a man, that as you moved the phone and as you moved yourself, the figure would dance, would sort of do these weird jive um, sort of dance movements. Yeah, it was, yeah, very, very clever. Um, the way that it was so interactive um, and the way that um, you could actually, once you sort of figured out how to activate it, for the most part, it was, yeah, interesting. There was like, um, there were sound elements to it. Um, there was the sight, there was the interaction. Um, yeah, it was, it was very, very cool. Um, yeah, really, really, really enjoyed it. And it was, um, yeah, I reckon something that my son 
with his interests in technology um, may have had a lot of interest in as well. So it was a real pity that he decided that he couldn't come along this time with us. Um, but sometimes he will. Sometimes he'll join us for uh, for those types of things, especially when there's lunch involved. And I don't know uh, you out there, listeners, um, if you've heard of something called Betty's Burgers. Um, we've got one that's based in like a coastal beach beach city of um of noosa in new south wales is another state of uh of australia um probably a good eight or so hours away from south australia if not longer um and betty's burgers and concrete company i believe it is um that actually has ended up appearing in uh, in a suburb of Adelaide called Norwood, which is a very affluent suburb, uh, quite well off for the most part, uh, very, very, very different to Murray Bridge. Um, yeah, the it was um, interesting to see this sort of burger joint, uh, the open windows, the you could almost smell the beach, even though uh, Norwood, we were a million miles away from uh, from the nearest coast, I suppose. Um, you you could sort of get that beachside vibe, um, and the food was great. Like the food was delicious. It was very fresh. You could tell that it was um, was freshly made. There was a bit of a wait time after ordering your burger, um, and yeah, it was yum. It was yum. But it was also quite costly too. So uh, in a way there, I was kind of glad, and my wife also was kind of glad, that we didn't have um, all three of our kids. We only had the two girls with us. Um, yeah, but everybody seemed to enjoy their um, their lunch. Um, and we kind of, it kind of... We were hoping to go and do the uh, Botanic Gardens in the morning and then go for lunch in Norwood and then head around to um, a Japanese Zen garden, a Harmony Garden. Um, that was also based somewhere else in Adelaide. Um, but it worked out that we couldn't find a car park initially uh, near enough to the Botanic Gardens for us to uh, to be able to do that first so we ended up finding the uh the japanese garden which was beautiful was uh turtles everywhere i reckon i counted six just floating around um and it was like you you had the um the bamboo fence up and you literally had no idea that um the garden was there it was uh it was a very strange very wonderful very surreal experience um you had was probably what would have it been maybe 50 meters by 50 meters in size perhaps or maybe 60 60 by 60 ish um 
so like 20 20 feet I, I guess 20 20 foot by 20 foot so not a huge area but they still had multiple stone um lanterns uh they had a great zen rock garden that had like the raked markings in uh amongst the pebbles and then some uh some well placed plants as well uh in there uh also um they had like a massive pond with turtles and rocks and fish um they had like a waterfall that that trickled uh they had this cool little setup where the water trickled down into this tube and when enough water had trickled down into the tube the tube got so heavy that it fell down onto a rock with a clack and then the water would dribble back into the the source where it would come back up then to start filling the tube it was beautiful simple engineering um but that on the map it was described as like a um a cow deterrent i think so what what would happen is the clack that happened irregularly due to the amount of water that would sort of pour into this this plastic tube um the clack that happened um just out of the blue as a as a surprise um would scare animals away so that they actually didn't venture in and ruin the garden i suppose so yeah it's just very very clever very very brilliantly done uh so peaceful but then you have the outside world of course you can't keep the outside world out so the sirens from um police cars doing what it is that police cars do um a um a car at the stoplights that um that ghetto blaster radio um the base would of course um ruin that that silence that pristine sort of moment um but all in all like you could really get that beautiful feeling of being away from everything um yeah it was it was amazing uh and i'm kind of glad that we got to experience that then lunch then the augmented reality stuff because i think if we'd gone to uh if we'd ended up going to um the botanic gardens first it literally took us i reckon two hours to go around to the 13 different stations and some of them we'd sort of we'd log log into the the art um read on the map what it was all about have a look think that's lame and a bit crap um and then move on straight away like the it wasn't like we'd spend a half an hour at each one or that sort of thing it was more there were some that we really really enjoyed there was like a cool bubble one where you stepped into the bubble 
and actually looked at the world through the bubble lens. And uh, my my daughters grabbed this great picture of me, I because I didn't have my phone was full and uh, didn't have enough space to actually download the app. And so my daughter's got this great photo of me being silly, running up to her while she was in the bubble and she's taken a photo, a screenshot of what she's seen through the bubble as I've come towards her. And it's me with this like um, yard broom style moustache, my eyes sort of squished together, my hair sort of formed into a bit of a hat. And then for some weird reason, my two eyes have combined into one that sort of sat in the middle of the hat, like the M sits for um, Mario, was uh, Super Mario. And so um, they, they've nicknamed the photo Mario Dad. <laughs> it's, um, yeah, it's a, a very cool memory from a very cool day. Just... Uh, one of those you had to be there moments, I think, to to really, really appreciate the uh, the humour of it all. But no, it was very cool. There was a great um, like by a rose garden, I reckon it was. There was this big passage about um, the importance of conservation or something. There was like there was beautiful, interesting, engaging messages. There was um, like an amazing uh, digital piano that appeared, where um, birds would actually fly around it, and as the birds flew into your sight, the piano would play, and then as the birds flitted off and disappeared, then the piano would cease. So it would be sort of disjointedly playing a tune that interacted with the tweeting and twittering of the birds as well. Um, I believe anybody who's, uh, who's over in, uh, in Greece at the moment, I believe that um, somewhere in Greece, there's actually this, uh, this display is going on as well. And the irony is, it says, uh, it's going on in Adelaide and it's going on in Greece. Um, those who are in Greece, there's a 14th station. So it has listing 14 different stations and what happens at each station. And um, we were actually spent a little bit of the time wandering around looking for the 14th station until we realized that we were actually missing out because we weren't in Greece. Be lovely to be in Greece, um, but unfortunately we weren't. We were in Adelaide and we got 13 stations. So it's like a, a not fair moment, a, a stamp the foot, um, a, um, a a toddler tanty, I suppose, of the fact that we couldn't see the full exhibition uh, because that was thousands and thousands and thousands of miles away. But it was, as I said, a great excuse to uh, be able to venture out, head to Adelaide. Um, and yeah, interact with this, um, uh, amazing, uh, technology, this, uh, this amazing art form 
and I'm uh, I'm super excited to uh, to discover what's going to happen next in the uh, in the realm of art. I'm also a little bit scared with um, the artificial intelligence, the way that that's developing, the fact that they're quite literally saying you can put in one or two sentences into an uh, artificial intelligence program now and it will produce for you um, a story. You want a novel-length manuscript, it will produce for you a novel-length manuscript. Um, You want a short story, uh, tell it how many words. You want a 100-word travel, it'll come up with that too. You want want to produce a poem, um, it'll write for you a beautiful poem. Um, We've just recently had Valentine's Day, 14th of February, uh, what I like to call Library Lovers Day. We've claimed it here, I don't know how international it is, but uh, here in uh, Australia at least, uh, and definitely South Australia, um, we have claimed the 14th of February as a Library Lovers Day, a day for um, for acknowledging the wonderful things that libraries are currently doing, uh, and also for um, communities to uh, to be able to show their love for their library. And it just so happened that the library where I work, the, um, the new Murray Bridge Library, I guess it's still new, um, it's now 11 years old, and opened in 2012, and it officially opened on the 14th of February. So uh, I, uh, I have to try and remember, probably over the next few years, Maybe we might celebrate a a fifteenth or a sixteenth birthday. Um, hopefully, I'm still at the library by then. Um, I'm sure I will be. There's plenty of years left in me. Um, really, really enjoying uh, working for the library, and uh, and really, really enjoying um, having writing as a uh, an extended hobby i suppose gone semi semi professional i suppose you could say um so not there yet not um not sort of venturing down paying the bills uh living the high life as a uh, as an international um famous author of of any sh- any sorts and i can't really see that happening uh anytime on the near horizon um but anyway, the um, yeah, I'm uh, I'm a little bit interested and a little bit scared about where technology is going now with the ability of robots uh, able to um, to create art and to write stories and to produce poetry and uh, yeah, back to that whole concept of. Um, Valentine's Day, the uh, the scary thing on our local radio was that they were saying um, they were talking about the poems that this AI program was actually writing romantic Valentine's Day poems. You just sort of popped in half a dozen um, keywords, and it was producing legit Hallmark style. Um, yeah, it was a little bit scary, 
a little bit clever. Um, I think it's, yeah, once again, an example of us being nowhere near able to, uh, to control and police and manage, um, and technology just moving ahead in leaps and bounds and just sort of telling us, try and catch up. We currently do not have a hope, but the, the hope that I've got is that this next generation, this generation that has grown up with technology as they start to step into those roles, uh, as they step into that, um, that realm of adulthood, um, and they find their voice, uh, and the rest of us actually have to start listening to them, that we will start being able to alter those laws and change those laws and, uh, and those, um, those governing documents will, uh, will actually be able to somewhat catch up with, uh, with where we are at technology wise. Uh, so yeah, it'll happen eventually. Uh, it'll have to happen for, um, flying cars and self-driving cars and, uh, and, uh, and whatnot. Um, also the, um, the digital footprint, the ability for people to actually record their own stories, um, record their life stories for future generations, our family, friends, and, uh, and whatnot to actually go back to look, look back on and, uh, and that sort of thing. Um, yeah, the um, the the governing documents, the laws and rules and uh, and that sort of thing, have to catch up. The um, we're um, we're too far down the rabbit hole to uh, to not have any guidance. Um, but yeah, it, it definitely has to be the people that understand, the people that use it on a day to day level. Uh, and have that um, that knowledge of what it can do, what it should do, um, what we shouldn't allow it to do, I think are the ones that should be the rule makers, uh, and also the um, the teachers that actually have the opportunity to um, to guide us through that process. So obviously the um, the uh, the artists that are using this augmented reality um, and virtual reality and uh, all sorts of other kinds of technology, um, they they must have some sort of understanding, some sort of um, rules behind them, or some sort of. Um, self-governing, I suppose, that, that that sort of doesn't lead them astray. Um, they're aware of the audience, of, uh, of who they're trying to interact with and what they're trying to achieve. Um, so it's possible. It's possible. Um, it's, it's kind of already happening. There's just no blanket way that, uh, that it's occurring at the moment. But that'll come. That'll happen. Um, and hopefully it's not too far down the track. Um, yeah, all very, very interesting with what's happening technology wise. And I thought that, uh, that this was a, uh, a great opportunity 
to sort of throw it out there. Um, who's already using technology uh, in a positive way um, to help with their art, to help with their uh, their story writing? Um, I know of a lot of uh, a lot of clever fellow uh, authors and artists that are using even the simple spreadsheet to keep track of what what stories they've submitted, what what pieces they've submitted, um, whether they've been accepted, rejected, um, when the publication dates are, and that sort of thing. And I have to say that uh, that's something that I probably should be doing as well. It's a smart idea, something that I need to get onto ASAP. So um, I might sign things off here. Farewell from SA and episode 211, the augmented reality episode of the world of Mythbits. Um, and hopefully you tune in next time. Um, yeah, thrilled to have you along. Thanks very much for joining us. Bye for now.